on GT Channel with Sam Itani, James McKeon, and Taro Koki. Hello, welcome again to Podspeed. We are doing this very, very regularly now. I think we are uh, here to stay. What do you think, guys? I certainly hope so. <laughs> well, hope so. Uh, as always, we are at number 43 now. So as always, I'm joined by James McKeon of No Breaking uh, Podcast fame and Taro Koki, who hello, hello. is the president of GT Channel and the man who puts all this together. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, we call him The Voice, but he's actually the voice of Drift here in America. Uh, Mr. Gerald DeAnda. How's it going, Gerald? Good, man. Good, good. Uh, awesome. It's great to see you. Home. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Taro's got, I'm sure he's got a million questions to see what you were up to, especially during this COVID crisis. Oh, by the way, have we all got our vaccines, guys? Yes. I got oh, one. I've I got, got one. one. Oh, okay. I, I did the one shot one, the J&J one. So you too. Oh, okay? Same right here. I can't walk anymore, but my internet's great. <laughs> I know. I have this, uh, I have this uh, weird uh, desire to eat raw meat i don't know um, I, have this, I have this ringing in my ear all i want to do is use microsoft edge and i just want to bing everything now i mean i don't know what's happened since i've taken that first one so so good uh it looks like california and jared you are in california as 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 all three of us are also i think we are the lowest um covid uh, rate in the state now so that's good so i've never been so proud of being so low it's exactly really, really <laughs> but hopefully i'm will... i saw my mom and my 95 year old grandma yesterday and that, oh you did that's yeah. awesome yeah yep so all right well taro that's kick great. it away i think gerald's got jared's got a lot, lot on his mind hopefully and send it and yeah, i'm sending go, it back sam. to you there Paul. you go look at that <laughs> there you go sam all right jared thanks for uh dropping into the game today i know you're you are very, very busy, man. You're in, you're in video games, you're at events, I mean, TV shows, you're on social media, obviously, um, and you have been the voice of Formula Drift for as long as anyone can remember because you are, you have been there since day one, right? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, yeah, 2004. So 2000, my, wow. my, my drifting career could vote, shoot a gun, and join the military. So if I mean, <laughs> the 18th year here in 2021. So at the end of this year, I should say 18 years. Yeah. So how, how are you doing? How, how have you been um, doing, you know, past uh, year with, with COVID and everything, with the limited number of events and everything? Um, how are you doing? Adaptation is everything right now. I mean, we hear the buzzword pivot. What's your pivot, right? So for me being an event announcer and MC, I, 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 I already was working with multiple different brands that have, have been pivoting over the years. And as you know, technology is progressing and, and here we are, we're more familiar. And actually we're okay with the internet not working sometimes and having a little bit of grace. So I think my grace has been that I've had a supportive wife, I have supportive kids and, and, and the whole community as a whole, the automotive world has had a good job pivoting everything from obviously, you know, online racing to doing online and hosting events, or I mean, I announced a, a, a drift competition sitting in my bed. Um, so adaptation is key, but me personally and my family, we moved from Arizona to California. Yes, the ag the, we heard there was a lot of room, there's vacancies because everybody's leaving and leaving California. Yeah. And we like paying taxes. So me being a California kid gave us an opportunity. We moved to uh, Riverside, California. My brother and his family lives here and uh, we bought a beautiful mid-century modern home, which I like architecture, I like design. Obviously I like design, that's why I adorn my body with a bunch of tattoos. 
but uh, overall, happy to be healthy. Um, overall, things things are decent, obviously, but everything. I just got back to, actually. I was at LS Fest this weekend in Las mm-hmm, Vegas. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will tell you a really cool project that I've been doing, and uh, I guess you. I feel like Von Gittin Jr. All of a sudden, you ask him one question, he just goes. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, talk about a really cool pivot. Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels, the Legends yeah. Tour, and uh, yeah. to celebrate 50 years of Hot Wheels, three years ago in 2018, they launched the Legends Tour. Well, 2019 got a little weird. 2020, you know, and 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 things just progressed. So it's a uh, it's interesting. So I've been hosting these online Legends Tours, which is really really cool. Yeah, I, I saw um, the one, the final for last year, wasn't it at the Jay's Garage, right? Yeah, that right. was the yeah, culmination that- of. It was the culmination of the whole 2020. So at each stop, we had 20 vehicles submitted and each stop's winner went to the finals. So I can't remember exactly how many numbers, but yeah, at Leno's Garage, Gabriel Fluffy Iglesias, the stand-up comedian was there and Snoop Dogg was there. So he didn't cuss, not once, but twice. Or no, he only cussed once. It was good though. Um, We could easily edit it out. And then uh, a bevy of Hot Wheels designers and some other special guests. It was rad, man. It was really cool. That's pretty cool. With uh, with Snoop there, was the ventilation uh, at Jade's garage uh, good enough for the? For- I, I I all of a sudden got really hungry halfway through. And it just, <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a hankering for like nachos and any tube Doritos. <laughs> yeah, like all like hot dogs, beef jerky. It was really it was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, you grew up in in California, actually. You you know you were away in Arizona for a while, um, but. Did you imagine a career like this when you were growing up as a child? Absolutely not. No. And, and admittedly, uh, my, my parents divorced. I was born in Northern California. Uh, parents divorced when I was seven. So figure second grade. And so moved from um, Cupertino, which a small little company called Apple was there. And, uh, and then moved to San Diego and then grew <laughs> up in, in Poway, which um, has you know, I really liked Poway and I saw when the Walmart went in and the Target, because I'll be 43 this year, man, and and just seeing seeing that community grow. But I grew up street racing in San Diego. I, uh, you know, they, they made the movie Fast and Furious about what we were doing. I worked at Group 5 Motorsports and this is, uh, I went to Tokyo Auto Salon in 1999, went to the Tomei factory, went to June, Auto Speed, like it was, that was really just a a moment for me so mm-hmm. how my career has progressed and going from street racing to where i'm at now i'm absolutely blessed to monetize my passion and my passion honestly might not even be cars but just talking because i was always <laughs> the kid that I'm, I'm a terrible student like i i had to get t- this would not happen nowadays but i believe it was fourth or third grade i had to get tied to my chair because i kept getting up and uh my my first grader t-bone aka tyson he uh, he's obviously not getting tied to his chair, but he has a real problem sitting in his chair. I wonder where he got it from. And then even in high school, the seating chart in science class, you know how like, it's like, you know, Taro sits here, James sits here, Sam sits here inside the room. Mine was just outside the door because I just get kicked out every day. So I was the kid that read aloud in class though. And I could, I could read something perfectly with good, just, you know, upswing, downswing and all that. So I think that was a bit of foreshadowing into me having a knack for speaking and talking with no, still to this day, no formal, you know, basically lessons or anything like that. So I, I never went to school for it. I dropped out of Palomar Junior College because I had my EK Civic and I didn't want to get it door dinged. So I dropped out <laughs> and look at me now, baby, I'm talking smack around the world. <laughs> That's your job, talking about cars though, right? right? Yeah. 
And, hey, Jared, uh, what, what... Oh, real quick, Jared, if you were going to give uh, um, uh, advice to anyone who wanted to do what you're doing, what, what advice would you give? Because obviously you really don't, well, I'm sure the education and formal education stuff helps, but what, what, what did you find is the most important thing? I would say, you know, again, I, I would go back to, you know, it's not about money. Um, it is, it is passion. You have to find passion in what you're doing. And, you know, even my wife asked me, you know, Hey, are you still excited to go to formula drift? I said, yeah, honestly, it's relationships. Life is about relationships and it's not who, you know, it's how well you know them and how you progress. We live in a really small community of automotive world, but it could be paintball. It could be golf, which I golf a ton now. Um, and I, I love that because our whole four unit family, my freshman to my first grader, and I use that analogously saying that you got to find passion. If you can monetize your passion, that is key. Mm -hmm. You can't duplicate equity just like a, a weather stormed Boston brick building. No matter how good you are at Disney Imagineering to duplicate that, you just can't do it. So somebody like me, I've, I've, I've taken all the cliff notes of drifting and rally cross and score. I mean, I've announced all these events, even from a heavy metal karaoke costume contest at Comic-Con with Scion. So <laughs> all of those things is, is pretty much what, what I do, but I say, I, I come to it from a very passionate place, but also, I'm a fan. I'm an enthusiast. So as far as formal education, I really can't say particular. If you want to come for my job, we can we can battle like Eminem, like Bunny, like what's, what's his name on Eight Mile? But, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So arms yeah. is sweaty, palms is ready, mom's spaghetti. Um, if you want to get into announcing, emceeing, hosting, all I can say is just be be a student of of the said product. If it is drifting um i've had a lot of you know pro-am announcers really admire what i do and how i do it and it's just it's just about owning your brand you know i i always say you know be honest you never have to think a day in your life under promise over deliver that's something i learned when i worked at enterprise rent a car so that's that's really key you know be honest do you because you do you better than anybody else does you so own your brand know your strengths know your weaknesses because you do have weaknesses and those uh, those weaknesses can be helped in assistance with relationships and that's what life is truly about yeah great great stuff words of wisdom man but well, um uh, you know, 20 year olds are going to be coming for your job now jared <laughs> <laughs> it, it was never oh. it, it didn't come like immediately to you though right i mean you had to work hard to do this on a full-time basis because when we first met you still had a day job and you were like announcing as something extra that you you know just kind of like uh you were doing because you loved um, how did that happen though? How did you like go from, you know, just kind of side, you know, just doing it as a side job to a full-time gig? I, I'm, I'm never not busy. You know what I mean? Um, and, and yeah, to your point, when I started announcing Formula Drift in 2004, Ryan Sage and Jim Lau, I knew them previously from import drag racing or, or, you know, hot import nights. And that's where they had previous careers. And they said, Hey, you're charismatic. Why you try it? So 04, 05, 06, I was working at McGuire's. So I kind of parlayed that. I didn't get paid anything in 2004 and I still don't get paid. I just get um, chicken nuggets and I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, Free t-shirts. <laughs> so, so here, here, you may hit me square between the eyes is people like, oh man, Jared makes mistakes or I, I called a car wrong or, you know, not the prettiest when I called Mad Mike's reverse entry in Atlanta, heard around the world. They're like, what is he talking about? I will tell you that it's very rare you see a 100 point qualifying run. I shoot for that 100 point qualifying run, but you know, I'm, I'm average 90 to 95, you know, maybe 85, depending on 
feeding off the vibe of, of things, but it did not come naturally. And, and the progression of the drift cars is analogous to my career progressing. So we started out with Hachirokus and S13s, and now we have thousand horsepower Ford Mustangs and S15s and 370Zs and Ferraris. I never thought drifting would, would progress this way. So I'm even more excited and eager to see where it's at. So as far as my career and my announcing, presenting, I mean, you know, I will tell you a funny story, Taro and, and, and Sam and, and obviously James, but um, uh, I met my wife at SEMA show in 1999. My wife works in the industry. She works at McGuire's. She's been there, uh, I think 18 years now and uh, from special events to this. But when I met her, she was working at Tenneco Automotive. She was doing pit hospitality for Cool Joe, Joe Amato. And um, anyways, to say this, she was living in, in Illinois and I was skateboarding down Flamingo to get to the SEMA show because I was working with Rodney Wills, AKA TMR MZ. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like street race <laughs> thing. Little, little, yeah. little so magazine, I, yeah. So I skateboarded down Flamingo and I meet, I meet this girl at a party at uh, Craig Paisley's house party. Um, Sean Carlson was there and oh, yeah. Stefan and, and we actually rode in the back of Sean Carlson's Mitsubishi all, all wheel drive Diamante. Well, I, you know, I just turned 21. I'm just sitting at the bar drinking. I care less about girls. She was really smitten on me. Fast forward. I was trying to go out with her like the next night. She says, I have to go to the SEMA banquet. Jay Leno's hosting. And she got all dolled up, said, all right, peace. Well, I'm in a, I'm in a room with like 10 other dudes and like a two, you know, I, I wasn't making much money at TMR. Well, she says, you know what? <laughs> You can go ahead and crash because, you know, we, we party and all this stuff. She said, you crash while I go to this banquet. It's not so much about the relationship, which eventually she became my wife. So it's all good. But that same <laughs> banquet that she went to that I'd never been to mm -hmm. as of five years ago, I think, I host that said banquet. That that. Yeah. So talk about this whole progression and what I've done. And here I am hosting with Jay Leno and Snoop Dogg and Fluffy. And um, prior to that Hot Wheels thing, I just came from Detroit and I hosted a big Ford Auto Night SEMA show special with this huge LED set that they use for the Mandalorian and mm -hmm. the big jibs and all this digital stuff, which I know you're familiar with Taro, but I say all that because I do need to have those pinch me moments and not act so um, jaded, aloof. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm very, very grateful for these relationships that do progress. And that, and I, that, I guess that's a, that's a theme of, of mine is Again, it's not how, how well you know them because we live in a world where we're all interconnected, one degree of separation, one DM away from talking to Elon Musk. Um, mm -hmm. So for, for me, it, it, it's pretty cool to see how this, is, how this has progressed, man. Yeah, with all these uh, folks that you meet, have you ever gotten starstruck? Like, you know, you've met a lot of people, but was there a time when you were like, uh, 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 my, my name is... <laughs> oh, hey, Jared, Jared, you can't count this time, right? Uh, with Sam? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sam? I, oh, God. Or James or Taro. We can't count this. Not, not counting this time. You, you were backing up into your thing. You were, kind of, you were like Homer Simpson through the bushes. So I the GT Channel thing up there. Um, I saw James roll his eyes. But sorry. <laughs> what, on the Homer Simpson reference? Come no, on. no. What no, just on the Sam reference. Yeah, got my reference. <laughs> Sam's the most humble guy he knows. Um, it's true. <laughs> true. So, um, to answer your question, yes. And and as humbly as possible, I work with great people. You know, if it is Ken Block and Vaughn and all the drifters and I mean, going to Goodwood Festival Speed and hanging out with the now Duke of Richmond. And, you know, I helped bring all that, you know, humble brag to me, um, you know, I helped bring all the action sports element to Gumball 3000. I worked with Maximilian for multiple years, brought in DC Shoes and Rob Deerdick and Big Black, all these things. Um, 
you know, met met the King Petty at at Goodwood Festival Speed, hung out with John Force, and just all these automotive personalities. Um, Killer Mike's a homeboy of mine who's in Run the Jewels. Um, I love crossing worlds. Um, so speaking of that, I think the one time I was kind of like boo was basically when I just just blacked out was actually at that Scion heavy metal co costume contest at Comic-Con. I, okay. I landed in early, so I got to go to Comic-Con and I'm walking down, you know, the gas lamp quarter and I kind of look over and I look into a hotel and the bar is kind of those big, you know, um, mm -hmm. accordion doors and sit at the bar is uh, Anthony Bourdain. So oh, I, uh, I, I, I was like, whoop, and I backed up and I kind of scoped the land and I saw, you know, you had to go into the hotel and go to the bar. So I go in and, um, and it, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Bourdain, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, big fan, like big, you know, and uh, I had no beard, I was baby face, you know, I was, you know, this is 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I said, man, I, I I love what you do. You have such a great candor. You're you're eloquent yet street. You have an approachable quality. You're very transparent about your story. And unfortunately, obviously, he passed away a few years mm -hmm. ago. And uh, I'm glad I I'm glad I glad I wrapped out with him. Come to find out, he was actually with the illustrator for his graphic novel, is the Jiro, the Jiro mm -hmm. one. So um, that's yeah. who he was conversing with. And he actually talked. I was like, yeah, I, I know it's car races, drifting. If you ever want to come out to an event, it's called Formula Drift. I'm known as the voice of drift. You can come out. It's kind of cool. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and almost get the nervous chat. Um, mm -hmm. And he was talking. He's like, hey, man, I, I just drove that new Tesla last week. And this is years ago. So he's like, yeah, man, yeah. And this is when the post Lotus Tesla came out. Mm -hmm. um, so he drove like one of the first Teslas. So to answer your question, Bourdain was definitely kind of a, you know, uh, you know <laughs> mind moment, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've you've known a lot of these uh, drivers on a personal level, right? I mean, what do you think about like, you know, you've you've known like Vaughn since he first, you know, all those guys, right? Since he, they came out, and you, even like the recent ones too. Like, I mean, I, like Frederick is a is like a recent one. He's been like probably in there for like 10 years already but um what do you think about their progression how they've like turned in from these like you know kids you know like wrenching on their old things to like look at vaughn he's got like his own compound now right i mean what do you think about about that I, the 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 overall just landscape of motorsports has completely changed and i i appreciate the traditionalists of of you know roundy round if it's nascar or circle track and you know um, midgets and all, all, all of that kind of stuff. I'm really proud of where drifting's at and me being part of this DNA. I'm just part of it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you can't do it yourself. Self-made, I really don't believe in back to relationships. What I love about the, the personalities that I've come to see, even like Ken Block, I knew Ken Block when he still owned DC shoes. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that marketing machine turning up, that's a great, that's a great, you know, basically, uh, you know, exhibition of, of what you can do if you apply your, your marketing sense. I mean, right, here's, here's Oprah, the secret, right? An opportunity and filling that solution, right? Boom, there you go. So yeah. it was good timing for Ken. And, and I always say like with, with Justin Bieber, right time, he's singing on church steps and then <laughs> Scooter Braun and Usher see this video and success, right? I mean, the yeah. Beatles hitting Ed Sullivan show and all that. I always yeah. say that for music. In the automotive world, drifters were looked at as like these, you know, boy racers right using exactly. the british term but now when you go to sema 
Vaughn's head is massive on the side of Las Vegas Convention Center. Yeah. And everybody has their different appeal, similar to music. So you have your rock and roll, you have this kind of Americana kid rock that is Vaughn Gittin Jr. Or you have, you know, Three Inches of Blood and Bouncing Souls that is Chris Forsberg. Or you have this Norwegian kid named Frederick Osbo who loves Top Gun and loves 80s music. You know, he loves Penny Loggins. So yeah. take all of those brands and, and, and you, you, you choose your person, you know, it's, it's freestyle mm -hmm. motocross. It's even supercross. You look at the progression of Ricky Carmichael, you know, I, I didn't like Ricky Johnson. I liked Ricky Carmichael. McGrath, dude, took it to the next level. Dude, Chad Reed, no, you know, Cole Seeley, he's in drifting. I like that dude. Mm -hmm. You have these relatable qualities with these different personalities, but like you said, just turning it up and monetizing your passion. Vaughn is, Vaughn is constantly, it's funny. I introduced him to Rob Deerdick years ago and they did, you know, Rob's uh, mm -hmm. fantasy factory a while ago yeah. and they built a skateboard car. Mm -hmm. And Rob is, Rob is a smart businessman. Anything he does is an investment. I haven't spoken to him in years, but Rob and Vaughn really hit it off because they have really good sim similarities. Even back when Rob Deerdick was on just skating in DC shoes, he had a TF, a training facility. And I, I when I worked at Group 5 Motorsports, I hooked up his Audi and I hooked up his Porsche. He let me drive his, you know, 911 back in the day, got him roof mm -hmm. parts and got him mm -hmm. some uh, tech art stuff. Anyways, Vaughn just has a great business acumen. He's, he's looking to progress. Frederick Osbo, working Toyota, Rockstar. I, I'm really proud to see different drivers. And now we have this opportunity that is YouTubers. If you look at TJ Hunt, your Adam LZs, you know, yeah. you look at Chelsea Denofa. That's another tool in that Snap-on Toolbox. I'm Jared Deanna. This is Snap-on Tools. Great garage. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, but it's smooth, it's, man. That was smooth. That was smooth. That that, smooth. that came. That came. That's why you make it. It was bucks, like man. he's he's like he's done it before. <laughs> yeah. First time. First time. Yeah. My mom thinks I'm really good, so she says, "Stick with it. You'll be something, Jared." <laughs> like who would have thought Dai Yoshihara would be, you know, a Pikes Peak champion when he first came out, you know, with the pack rim car, you know, like cut. I mean, who would have thought, right? I mean, it's yeah, just Di, the, the progression Di is crazy. Just, see, just seeing him and his, you know, again, we keep using the same buzzwords, but his, his, his brand is unique. It's, and and it, I always say it, and you've probably heard me say it, his car kind of embodies his, his demeanor. It has mm -hmm. this quiet but scary sound to it. I mean, not that Daijiro is scary at all, but um, <laughs> he's, he's, look at him becoming a father, a husband, um, his English has gotten worse since he's gotten married because I know they only speak <laughs> Japanese in the house. So it's gotten worse. And we, we used to teach him bad words back in the day when he used to party with us in Drift Alliance, right? And, uh, and, and that's saying something. His, uh, his English got worse. It's so bad. <laughs> it wasn't too much to go with. It was pretty, it was, it was pretty low to begin with. Well, he was, he was going out partying, right? So you'd meet these, you know, English-speaking, you know, Japanese women or whatever his, you know, flavor was. And, and, uh, and then he gets married. And I'm like, dude, you, you, gotta, you, you need to come hang out again, bro. We need to go have some beers. Get out. Yeah, yeah I keep but, on telling him your, your English was best when we were doing Behind the Smoke. <laughs> right? Him and Josh were hanging out, right? Josh Barnett and, right. and was learning to fight and all that stuff. And, yeah. and you know what? It, it doesn't matter because that is Daijiro and you meet them where they're at. And that, yeah. and that back to the point of, you know, whatever your driver is in the drifting world or rallycross or even, you know, desert racing or, or whatever it might be, you know, it's, it's, and that's, that's something like the Hot Wheels legend stuff, um, the diversity and, and what, I mean, let's talk about the term hot rod. Um, I, the term hot rod is just absolutely transcended because previously 
it was kind of a moniker for like American hot rod muscle car. Yeah. Now the term hot rod, you could apply that to drift cars. I mean, you're putting, you know, mm -hmm. look at what Turk's building with this Formula Supra, right? Or, or Freddie with his vehicle or the GT4586. That is a hot rod. You are, mm -hmm. you are Frankenstein in a vehicle to your liking and to whatever discipline you want to do. If it's drifting, if it's rally. I mean, look at back to Digerio Shahar building that electric Tesla to, uh, yeah. to rip around and accidentally breaks the record of electric car at Willow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's going to be racing that at Pikes this year. Sick. Or different car, but yeah, a, a Tesla. That's exciting. James, you got you have anything for, for Jared? Well, there's two questions, Jared. First one, with Josh Robinson not competing this year in the Formula Drift Series, who is the sexiest man in Formula Drift now? Is it back to Freddie or has Freddie got some peep competition? Mm. Mm. Great question. Um, <laughs> great question. Again, depends on your flavor. Uh, you know, I think, I think Jonathan Castro is good looking. I, you know, I think Daijiro Yoshihara, he's a sweetheart. You know, I'm, I'm more about the internal as opposed to the external. You're a little superficial. Um, I like <laughs> I'm just going about, by your words last year, Jared. This is not, this is not me, but this is your picks. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say Ryan Sage. I think Ryan Sage is, 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 he's, he's grown his facial hair out since Halloween last year. He took a big, you know, he took a big affinity during COVID to watch Yellowstone, the TV show. And, uh, and he dressed up as one of the characters, but I just still haven't seen it. But uh, he's got I've been a on a lot of Zoom calls with Sage and he's, he's, he's really adopting this kind of, this, this manly scruff and it looks good. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Follow up yeah. question. I had one from our, uh, one of our listeners um, by the name of Sam. He suggested he wanted to know at what time at a grid life do you have to remove your shirt? When is the time period of that happening? It's not so much time. It's kind of the, um, the applause meter. Okay. But it replaced applause with libations. Any variety. Okay. I show no prejudice of alcoholic <laughs> beverages. So it could be beer. You kind of start up on a lower octane ABV, and then you work it up to nice IPA. Go for a deepa. Go for a double IPA. And then it starts going into a little more booze concoctions. And then you spill a whole margarita pitcher on yourself. Game over. It's it's a full wet t-shirt contest. And population this guy, I show up in grand fashion. <laughs> So Sam, thank you for the question. First time caller. Uh, I, I, re I really appreciate it, Sam. I was waiting for James to uh, turn up today with uh, without a shirt. I don't know why you have a no, shirt. No, I, 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 oh, uh, uh, <laughs> I can't compete. I hey, can't this is compete. A kid -friendly now, so. show. No, this is a kid-friendly show now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Jared, how are you finding podcasting since you've taken that moniker up in this past year? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I think it's, it's something that I actually own. So admittedly it's, it's the only thing I actually own outside of my name and my, you know, things and stuff like that. But, you know, I do, I have worked for 18 years for other people and it's something where just like right now, I haven't put one out in a month probably um, because schedule abides as well as I, I really like doing it in person. I think I really benefited doing it in person. And this is, this is absolutely sufficient. I'm not throwing shade at all. I'm just saying, I work well because, um, you know, I don't like doing Zoom calls and I only do audio. So for me, it's, you know, going to talk to Estevan Oriol, um, even doing one with Scott, um, you know, from Snap-on or going to Magnus Walker's shop and, and wrapping out with him in person, really getting the sensory overload, the smells, the feels, the touches, the, you know, all, all of that. Um, but in regards to my podcast, because everybody enjoys Roadrunners, which is an acronym spelling out beer with Jared Dienda. I, uh, I, I, tr I truly do enjoy it because uh, it's, 
I, can, I obviously can talk for days, so it's a great format for me. I'd really love for it to, to take off. And, and uh, again, I, I want to, I kind of want to tread lightly because once you, once it, it, again, the podcast, like me schedule, it's all sporadic. It's all over the place. Just like today, I got to go do some other stuff, but thanks for asking. I, I really enjoy the format. And then, I mean, soap, where does the soap come into play? Right. Yeah. That was super random. I like that. Um, it's somebody and I, I, I there's kings seems to be a theme again here with alcohol and stuff and somebody said uh, I said hey what, what do you think it smells like and the first one that really got me going it smells like an alcoholic I'm like right on that's great really appreciate that um the soap will be coming out um whenever it gets made and gets sent to you guys <laughs> um dude that's I'm bad. doing so much stuff I mean honestly um I I really I like I have a dress rehearsal at Wednesday and then I got to go to LA to host that. I got to golf this week and have friends coming in. I'm uh, selling advertising for a magazine because again, proudly living here in Riverside, California. I'm selling advertising, but more of a mouthpiece for the Riversider magazine. It's going to be Riverside's premier magazine. So all of these things just equate to my affinity for the diversity of, of what we're doing. But, um, you know, it's, it's just fun, man. I'm just having a lot of fun. So what, I guess the question is, what do, you, what do you think of my podcast, guys? I mean, do you listen to it? Have you listened to it at all? Taro, game, Sam? I enjoy it. I know Sam's a huge listener. <laughs> Sam Matani, like he listens to it back to back. Sam doesn't even listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sam doesn't even want to be on this podcast. We just drag him along every couple of weeks. He's, we pull him into it. No comment, man. No comment. <laughs> See, look at wow. that. No comment. Yeah. Jeez, so, you, you pull that knife out of your back there, Sam. No, it's I just straight in the front. Yeah, it's straight in the front, but Sam, he doesn't mind. Yeah. Hey, so, um, yeah, let everyone, viewers, uh, listeners, uh, follow uh, Jared's uh, podcast uh, for sure. Follow on, on uh, social media, all, all that kind of stuff. But hey, give the before, name and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks. There Good job. Go. James, I was waiting for James to pull it up. Hey, Always on go. point. There we and go. And while it, this is on Apple, please, I'm sure you could find this wherever you listen to podcasts. Wouldn't that be right, Jared? Yes, exactly. It's on all the Road different runners. channels from uh, iHeart. What else are you looking at here? I want to see what you're looking at. Toyota Celica Coupe. Well, mostly I wanted to talk yeah. about this. Um, Big J Battle Machine. If you could react hey. bring some of the Big J Battle Machine back, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, awesome, man. Baby. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I, I have so much more stuff than that, but I don't have a person. But yeah, um, I, I was the uh, I was the the main host, Big J on Need for Speed Pro Street. So uh, it's funny when kids realize that when they're the right age of that, and they just played it all the time. So um, I've signed a couple of the old games. I don't have any more anymore. So I'd like to acquire some that would play on my my kids' current uh, devices. But um, but yeah, when I say uh, you know. Uh, Ryan Cooper, yeah, was it? Ryan Cooper's been killing it all day. So basically, like people trip out when they do that because there's a kid <laughs> who owns the. When you start the game, you're in an S13 and it's kind of clapped out, and he built his vehicle to emulate kind of the the first introductory car that you build in Need for Speed Pro Street. He lives up in the Bay Area. I can't remember his name, but it was it was pretty cool. So that was an awesome experience. I did 40 hours of voiceover for that game. Yeah, yeah you, had, you had to create just the the flux of uh, you know influx downflux level and you they would stitch it together depending on mm. the choose your own adventure of the video game right, you know right so, right right yeah but yeah that's my instagram man I, I'm, I'm, I i still can't get a blue check can you help me taro they want i just not that it means anything anymore but people that have like 1500 followers they have a blue check i have 
48,000. Oh, yeah, the, the official, uh, the check, huh? Yeah, I think. I, can't, I don't have a blue seal of approval. I guess I'm not the real Nier. I'm not important enough, but. Don't I'm, you, I think Chiti Channel has one of those uh, checks. Don't you have to like uh, apply for that or just uh, I did, I've them? applied and they've denied me. I was like, oh, I'm a personality or I'm a host. Not the real dude. I don't know. Oh, man, GT Channel doesn't have one huh? either. Oof, robbed, Darren, robbed. <laughs> robbed. Right? Yeah, there's my soap. There's my son. There's me golfing. Um, you know, there I was with Travis Ostron. I just, I did an awesome event out at, uh, with Cletus McFarland, speaking of YouTubers, um, mm -hmm. the Freedom 500. That was really fun where he got all these different YouTubers from people that I don't even know, Whistling Diesel, Diesel Brothers, Diesel this, Diesel that, but also Haley Deegan was out there. Um, Ryan mm -hmm. Turk was the only Toyota Camaro, or not Camaro, Camry, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, it was fun. Chelsea was out there, Adam LZ. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to FD, man. We're, we're getting back. Yeah. It's going to be a full season. Pro spec looks exciting. Um, just saw Mike Diaz out of LS Fest, um, mm -hmm. but uh, the, the new, the new format, the, was it the F F F Q K um, final qualifying knockout knockout qualifying format? Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't. Do you know about that, Taro? We had Jim on. Uh, did yeah. he talk about that when we yeah, when he, did. he was he on? Did. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Ex explain that to us again, Jared. Uh, basically, the, the format. Yeah. So to fill a thirty-two bracket, we will we will have basically locking in what is it the 20 so basically eight spots will become available do the math there 26 spots so if we have more than 32 drivers um we will lock in 20 let's not do, 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 carry the nine the, the, the 26 right is that correct no 24 we'll lock in 20 so everybody will have one run take the top 24 qualifying drivers boom they're in locked and loaded the remaining drivers will fill those last eight spots so could be 10 drivers, could be 12, whatever. So you're fighting for, it's kind of an LCQ, but the, um, again, the final knockout, qualifying knockout. So um, it's it's gonna be a cool format. If we have less than that, we'll lock in, I think it was, so still getting the eight. So it's, it's and they'll go to another bracket. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited because I think qualifying as exciting as it is and a lot of drivers flourish in that. And I, and I hate saying about the show, but I think good competition will equate to a good show. So let's get to the essence of drifting, which is head-to-head -head competition. I mean, so so does that mean on uh, qualifying day they'll be having battles? Actually, okay. No, no, well, we're we're well. actually going to do um, pro qualifying and pro spec qualifying, and then competition day. So on a Saturday, mm -hmm. um, where we have you know Orlando, Orlando, yeah. we have both pro and pro spec. We mm -hmm. will see qualifying for both pro spec and pro and then mm -hmm. going into game day on saturday all thriller no filler baby we got pro spec competition head to head and potentially top 32 in pro and you know everybody wants to say like oh the car counts low or this just the caliber of build and driving and all these things is just absolutely progressed so you know we're I, I not to say i miss james dean some drivers don't miss james dean because he's a threat but yeah. um I saw that he was behind the wheel of what I think I, I, I'm deducing here. I looked at it briefly. I think I saw him with Daigo. So he, yeah, I think and he some Russian, of, right? In the Russian, uh, on the Russian team or yep, something. Yeah. yeah. So he's right. behind the wheel of a Supra, I think presented and built by Daigo. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Imagine Daigo and yeah. James Dean and love to get them back over, you know, to the States, both those drivers when things are ready to open from. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Daigo was planning on coming last season, and then uh, you know COVID hit, and the 
season went away. So he, you know, just shipped his car back, but it, it would have been really cool to see him back. You know, yeah, him uh, I, I would love to see. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I talked, I talked with Daigo at Gymkhana grid. The last one we had in Poland, that was the last mm. one we had. And he was really excited to come back and talked about just his program and, and where it's at. But then obviously there we are shortly thereafter shutting her down, but yeah. yeah, man, I'm I'm looking for things opening up. I mean, last year we were intended to have some Red Bull drift shifters, which is Mad Mike's project. I was intended mm-hmm. to announce those internationally, and I always enjoy. Oh, going to New Zealand. was that supposed to go do an international round? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, just COVID, and I don't I don't know what was public knowledge there, but I know I think he announced one, but I, I'm just for the sake of not grenading somebody's program. Um, you know, yeah, there. Yeah, that that was a cool that was a cool format too. I love that show. It yeah, that points. See. Yeah, you like that, James? Yeah, with the point system, it was really handy how it was able to go on. But give you all like the unique twist you could do on it as well. Yeah, it's like a like the uh, pinball machine style scoring. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Yeah, um, it was. So, what, yeah, what do you what do you think? Uh, who do you think is going to come out on top uh, this year for Formula Drift? I was I was I was thinking to myself um, earlier today, and I knew kind of that's always a loaded question, or not loaded, but one that's kind of to be expected to be asked obviously Vaughn he's he's got confidence he hasn't won the championship in 10 years and in a, in an abbreviated season put it together with head-to-head you know weekends that's you know you would think it'd be easier but it's actually kind of more difficult you're kind of exhausted after Saturday and then going to Sunday to answer your question um I think Odie I think Odie mm. is he's just just always a bridesmaid yeah, never a bride uh, yeah just, exactly gosh, damn it Odie <laughs> like he's right there like to, to quote his wife Amy you got this babe <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you know uh Odie's right there I think Chelsea just given he's seen the formula his team has seen what works um mm-hmm. and he has that that you know he literally has the 11 tattoo tattered on his back um you know will Forsberg's engine program be more dialed put together I mean not that it wasn't but um you know and Freddie talk about another bridesmaid you know can Freddie put it together you know, debuting a car and doing that well yeah. on, on its on its maiden voyage is very, very impressive. So yeah. you got to think that the mad scientist, the Greek scientist that is Papadakis is working on something and Turk too. I mean, look yeah. at Turk and that Corolla, another season and that. Yeah, that's just, yeah. that's drifting, man. You don't know who's yeah. going to show up, you know, Jekyll yeah. or Hyde. Yeah, um, I mean, Turk was solid last year, you know, with the new car, you know, I, mean, I, I hear you, man. Freddie came out and won the first event last year. Um how about some of the the newer guys that maybe could surprise us? You know, you mentioned you know the regulars there, and I think Odie has a good chance. But how about how about some of the the new new newer guys? Yeah, I want to. I kind of want to look it up just the drivers because I, I I always you know you could go through them and people always ask you know who's you can't it's kind of like kids you can't you can't say oh you know you, that's my favorite kid um, the newer guys James can you pull up the uh... I'm just pulling up now. Yeah, I'm looking at, I mean, we're, Brandon Sorensen, um, he's coming in the mix. Dan Burkett, I'd really like him to just dial in his car. seems like he's always battling something. Just his car is either stiff. I, I, Jeff Jones, I mean, talk about a driver that is absolutely just going for it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, yeah, Jeff Jones, didn't he have the best season uh, he's ever had last, yeah. last season? He did really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys can still see me, right? Everything's good. I can yeah, see you. Yeah, the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That was another driver I was eager to see as a Kazuya Taguchi. Uh, Taguchi, oh, yeah. back, dude, the S15 just suits him well. I don't know if he's changing his car or not. Um, <laughs> not 
Toguchi, but uh, or Toguchi, excuse me, but Gucci. Um, mm, yeah. I really love for him to get dialed in a Supra. Um, yep. He's he's kind of struggling a little bit, just getting that thing going. Um, who else? Um, yeah, I mean that's Michael Essa. I mean, there's there's so many threats, and yeah, I'm just Dylan Hughes. Um, eager to see how his how his vehicle is going to set up. Um, I was with Travis Reeder um, mm -hmm. just a couple weekends ago in St. Louis. His new okay. BMW build should be exciting. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question or just confuses you even more, but uh... everyone, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> yeah. everyone has a chance though. You know, it's uh that's, that's the thing with, that's uh, true. with drifting, you know, some, that something can happen. Someone can get knocked out and, you know, you have these surprises every once in a while. Um, which uh, venue are you looking forward to? Atlanta, man, Atlanta every year. Um, I'm interested to see this, this Lake Erie, see what happens with that. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm not familiar with that venue. I heard it's, it's cool, but uh, I would say I always love going to Atlanta and of course Monroe. Mm -hmm. Irwindale is always great. And, you know, Long Beach being at the end of the year could it's fare be well because, well, here, I always think it's just so funny. Like, all right, guys, you've been working on your vehicle. Silly season's over. Let's just throw them right into the most difficult, unforgiving track ever and potentially right off your car. <laughs> At the you know beginning I mean? of the season, right? Right. Just yeah. go, go, go right into the Widowmaker. That is, yeah. uh, that is the streets of Long Beach. Well, that's why a lot of those guys, you know, I, I remember Darren McNamara was telling me once you know he says he hates long beach because exactly what it is you know you're coming out of off season and then you have to you know it's the most narrowest you know track ever and you know you can totally total your car and that could be a season ending you know accident right there but hey now it's this year it's in september they they moved the grand prix to september they moved the indycar series to september so everybody had to move their schedules so it, it'll be interesting we'll have back to back you know long beach and irwindale at the end of the formula drift season so that that should be an interesting um you know yeah 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 just Logis logistically yeah. schedule wise just yeah. just back to back you're seeing right there september 17th 18th and then finale irwindale and then uh yeah that that that, that should be pretty pretty rad um yeah, the, the Erie one is interesting. I want to see what layout we do for St. Louis. I know a lot of people hated that track last year. Mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of um, I, I, the flow. You know, I, I think a lot of the drivers were let down because the previous year, it was, or no, two years ago, it was really fast and one of the fastest, just this big, fluid, almost like a J style track. Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, yeah, I, I, was, was kind of slow. I felt St. Louis, you know, that it, it made the, the flow a little slow at St. Louis last year. Yeah, Go ahead, rip, slow down. Yeah. Um, oh, E-Town, duh. Yeah, E-Town, man. Uh, mm -hmm. Absolutely eager to go to E-Town. Uh, that was a good roll of tongue there. Eager to go to E-Town. That's what it is. Um, because they built the first ever American drift stadium. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, with yeah. English Town Raceway Park being just iconic for drag racing and drag racing kind of seemed... I don't know. I've heard a couple of different stories. Regardless, that venue being paved left to right—it's you know just a big slab of pavement with the bleachers on either side. You still keep that that drag tower. So mm -hmm. for a sensational standpoint, I've already seen drifting there coming through the tunnel, dude. That's gonna be sick with like empty yeah. empty cars <laughs> echoing through E Town. It's gonna be yeah. rad. Yeah, that, that that should be pretty awesome. I, I, Orlando, I, you know, I, the track is just. 
it's it, it's it's the track is a little rough first of all like the the, the grit of the sandpaper that is the surface mm. and it's just hot so all of those elements combined it's it's not my favorite track to go i love the fans there in orlando um it has great rich drifting history osw um i'd love to see them go to freedom factory and i kind of teased that and i know they were talking mm -hmm. about it but it comes down to finding finding the right number making sure it makes monetary sense and you know formula drift their ideal if they could have irwindale's eight but obviously different ones um a variety of irwindale and atlanta mm -hmm. that's that's the ideal scenario yeah yeah a little off topic before we let you go what do you think about uh, well since we're talking about formula drift um jim um lao from formula drift um running for board of directors at uh for for the sema uh for for sema i mean that's that's a pretty big deal right i mean a lot of yeah. people have tried and haven't been able to to get through right it's yeah the jim runs for the board the yeah, sema board of directors uh sema specialty equipment market association the basically aftermarket association that um fights for you know rights of, of vehicle owners and companies and legalities and you know different acts and going to congress and talking to on a on a on a political level, not just mm -hmm. making cool whiz bang stuff from exhaust yep. intakes and all that. But yeah, Jim Lau running for that, I think is absolutely tremendous. Um, rightfully so. The gentleman has seen the progression of, you know, what what would be, what we would call as import tuners to sport compacts to now just being cars. You know, it's yep. it's really just it's not a niche anymore. It's an absolute mm -hmm. institution and a pillar. So having that perspective of of Jim Lau and seeing his different you know, influences in import scene to, you know, import drag racing to hot import nights, seeing the different demographics and as they grow and progress and maintaining that. And also working in and coinciding with a new school, school of thought mm -hmm. um, from being okay with, you know, electric vehicles and, and being, you know, obviously we want to take care of the world, but we want to take care of you know, the sport that is motorsport. So I think Jim Lau is an absolute fantastic candidate to have some insight for SEMA as an organization. So you yeah, got my vote, yeah. Jim Lau. Vote for Jim. Vote for Jim. Lau 2021. Let's go, baby. <laughs> and every company only gets one vote. So it does really count. And I, it I, does. I, I mean, I reposted it if it's any consolation, Jim. So I obviously pulled for you, bud. <laughs> it's I like very, Ian very important. Ian's a good dude. And I mean, there's, there's, a lot of great candidates, but somebody that speaks to, to, to obviously my essence and my perspective, um, Jim Lau gets my vote. Yeah, I, I think there's, you know, we, we ha really haven't had representation um, from especially you know, coming from like import, you know, racing and expanding out to drifting and like, you know, performance and, uh, uh, you know, motorsports there. I, I think, you know, they could use a guy like Jim, you know, um, coming from, coming from th this world. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's on time. And he, yeah. again, it's not just drifting. It is the, the equity and the history that Jim has had as a relationship with the SEMA organization, as well as mm -hmm. all things that SEMA includes, which is exactly. everything from doing drift demos with SEMA, you know, doing the drift stuff at SEMA Ignited now. It is, uh, you know, obviously speaking to the, his current situation of being president and co-founder of Formula Drift and 
and working with multiple companies. If it was Mazda back in the day, Mazda was a big stake as far as slipstream global marketing. And that's how Jim and Ryan initially started. And they, you know, brought D1 to the States and, yep. you know, I'm sure he elaborated on his story. So go and listen to the Jim Lau episode of Pod Speed with Tyro, James and Sam. I'm Jared Diendo. See you guys. See you. I'm asking. I'm um, but yeah, he'd, he'd be a great asset. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Jared, thanks for, uh, um, hey, uh, tell us um, what is happening, um, what, what's, what, what, what's coming up for you besides uh, Formula Drift, what, what you got going on? Let me check my schedule. You, you got Grid Life going right now. Grid Life is absolutely a fantastic product, project. Um, the, the Grid Life branding is fantastic. Um, you know, I've, I introduced Ryan and Jim to uh, Chris Stewart of Grid Life, and, and it's great. It's, he's, he's done a great job. But, you know, take a look at the schedule, working on Hot Wheels Legends. Um, got multiple digital stops of that, proudly hosting that with different guests, such as TJ Hunt this Thursday, um, hosting online content for Snap-on Tools, but that's more post stuff, edited videos. Formula Drift, of course, kicking off Road Atlanta. That's going down May 7th and 8th um, on my wife's birthday. So I'll be out in Atlanta once again and Mother's Day <laughs> flying home. But um, FD, potentially going to Indy 500 with, uh, with the company. I'm golfing a lot. Um, listen to my podcast. I'm going on a vacation with my family finally. But actually, supposedly I'm going to be announcing that I haven't gotten an email in a while, but I'll be calling the FIA IDC from Orlando, which is hosted in Riga, Latvia uh, this mm. year. But uh, I was hoping to go to Goodwood, but I think there's a conflict there. But um, yeah, man, just uh, just just trying to stay busy and, and enjoy my downtime and yeah, man, don't forget to tip your waitress. Listen to my podcast, Beer with Jared D. I don't know, man. Just whatever. Follow me on IG. I'm, I'm random, bro. You know me. I'm all over the place. You are everywhere. You are everywhere. No, it's hey, fun. Well, yeah, well, hey, um, uh, James, Sam's if you, Sam, if you guys don't have anything else. Uh, I was hey, just Jared. hoping that uh, Jared would plug Harley Davidson before he goes. Yeah, yeah. I hosted online content with Harley. And it's uh, it's been a fantastic company. I know their their company and their culture really just shut down when COVID hit. Um, the Juno Ave, which is the Harley Davidson U.S. and world headquarters, uh, they really locked down, kicked everybody out of the building. Said, "Let's not, we, we just can't risk it." So everybody go home, um, work from home, and they they safely did it. But um, shout out to Jake and and you know multiple different homies there at Harley Davidson looking to get back. And, and work with, you know, the Bar and Shield, man. It's a really cool company to work with. And just talk about progression, you know, the Livewire, the Pan America, like all the bikes that they're doing, they're really trying to shift an old, you know, it, it, sorry, let me digress. They're trying to shift the mentality of an, a very established brand into a new day consumer, which I think is, is progressive. But even a video they dropped today, um, all about the iconic bikes. Yeah, baby, let's go vintage with that EK, with that Wings West Aggressor body kit. Um, <laughs> um, old school. Old school, baby. <laughs> that, 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 oh, gosh, that car saw, saw so many different iterations. And it, it, that, I got an MB Motoring drag race front end on that thing. Shaved the door handles, but didn't have enough money to get the poppers. So I'd have to leave the window cracked. But I, mind you, I lived in San Diego, so I just reach in, not a big deal. But when it rained, um, I had a full cage. I'd have to go through the trunk. So it was like military training. So my big old fat badunka dunk had to go through the cage and go to the front seat. So, but yeah, man, uh, Harley's a really great brand to work with. And I'm so coincidentally, James, I will tell you that um, even though I'm hosting a lot of videos, you could look it up. One that I, a video that I always use for reference is the uh, Harley Davidson Coastal Styles a couple of years ago. It talks about, you know, quarter fairings and different, you know, bars and, and, and grips and risers and, um, 
I've never ridden a Harley Davidson in my life. And I, and I will openly say that, but, but right before COVID, I was scheduled to go do the Harley Davidson Riding Academy. And uh, we were basically gonna document it. And, and the Riding Academy is at Harley Davidson dealerships across the country and the world. But um, I, my whole concept was basically like Goldilocks, you know, and the three bears, but it's, I'm the Goldilocks and, and the beds are Harley Davidson's. This one's too small, this one's too big, this one's just right. And then go through the progression of being 42 years old, 40 plus with two kids and, and learning that you can ride safely, you can ride educated, know the rules of the road, and you can have a relationship with, uh, you know, a freedom machine that is a Harley Davidson. That sounds really cool. You, you've got the looks for it. I mean, you should go get. <laughs> I've, I've, the, people at Harley David, the, the people at Harley, I, you know, I'd walk in and meet them and um, like Lomenzo and, and Ryan, the, these are Harley dudes. So what do you they, ride? <laughs> yeah, they go, what do you ride? I'm like, yeah, I, uh, I, I, a Civic? I, I don't ride, <laughs> but this is their comeback. They're like, wait, what? You look like you rode a bike out of the womb. <laughs> so yeah i'm yeah. looking forward to again the bar and shield really cool brand and I, I love it that's awesome that's awesome well hey jared well thanks for uh spending your i know you're a busy guy and thanks for spending your afternoon with us um good luck to you um congratulations on your uh career i, I love you know following you watching you progress you know become the become everything now mr mr uh voice of uh not just drifting but uh all kinds of action motorsports and not not just not just motorsports right i mean you do everything now so uh congratulations it. and uh Jared, yeah. yeah we need to hit the links too Derek. i've been playing Let's a lot of myself man yeah but, uh, I, I, I would love to hear the voice of drift the voice of formula d actually uh narrate or uh, announce a golf event when that would you would be awesome on the mask. Oh, dude, I am so in. <laughs> funny, funny, funny story, Sam. I, I don't know how old you are or whatever, but if you I'm, know, I'm, I'm ancient, dude. Okay, all yeah. right. Well, you look great, man. Oh, thank um, you. Hey, he doesn't look a day below 70, is what we always tell yeah. him. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> keep it creepy, Sam. Keep it creepy. Or yeah, dang, keep it creepy. saying that, that sounded really weird. Um, so, uh, but my grandpa, unfortunately, who passed away last year, but his his plane, I always talk about his plane on my arm, but. Um, he was a World War II fighter pilot, but when he got married to my grandma, uh, what would have been 77 years ago, they, they celebrated 76 years of marriage, his best man was um, a, a great near dear friend until he passed away, um, Lynn Maltby. And if you know golfing at all, Lynn Maltby's yes. son, Roger Maltby. And Roger Maltby is an iconic golf presenter and announcer. He is a, he, yeah, he's, he, he is was Roger still that, around? I yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, you hear him on, yeah, he, he, he's a... Uh, like a sideline reporter for the exactly. and he's, the, he's the guy that actually coined the, the we're here on 18 tiger woods with the black he was the dude that made the, the, the whisper man. golf announcing oh, so okay. we have still yet to meet and i really i mean he's getting he's getting older i'm not saying you know he's he's leaving us anytime soon but i i still have yet yeah. to meet him and i think if if i can if i work my cards right roger Malby hit me up because i'd love to go to the masters in 2022 let's go <laughs> hey man he might he, he might be avoiding you because uh he wants his job still you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly hey, just say this uh, for me before you uh before we uh, uh let you go is a tradition like no other a tradition like no other that's the that's the uh theme for the masters so just oh yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. Tradition. All right. Well, there. Very good. All right, man. All right. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared. Thanks. Send it. Pod speed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Send it. <laughs>
Okay. Right. Making sure we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. You can drop off whenever you want to. Yeah. Jared, no pressure. <laughs> All right, guys. I really right. appreciate it. Cheers. I'm, right. I'm, I'm out of here. Cheers. Adios. Okay. Wow. That was a great one. He just spoke the whole time. I love that announcements. That, that, that was an easy one because he spoke the whole time. Yeah. I told you, Tara. Look, you come for me for guests, I try and bring you the best guests. <laughs> I did. I James, did you are me. the man. Yeah. Okay, so what do we do? Uh, who's who's going next? Tara, I, you go first. Oh, I think Sam should go. All yeah, right. Next? We, yeah, we've got a lot of a uh, lot of news, um, car news this past couple of weeks, don't we? We should uh, we should cover those. Well, I got my. Uh, I have a scoop thing, so I'll start with the scoop thing, and then yeah, let's do the scoop. You have covered, you know, a lot of a lot of card news. You could go with those. Okay, so my scoop news is. Uh, I, don't have a, I don't have anything actually. <laughs> so I like oh, Tara leads. I like Tara leads with this. Up. There's you're so just, much stuff. You guys have got so much to cover. I've never seen so much news come through, but like, I've got what, nothing. Was there so much news? I'm thinking, you know, okay, there was a Formula One race, but that's James usually. The crazy MG concept car. Oh, that's James again. Taro, what, uh, I'm going, wow, what does Taro have? I, I leave a, I leave the news up to you guys. He's a designator. I'm just here like to like team listen. manager. You get I'm that. Listen, yeah, I'm here to listen to all the great news that you guys. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I've got your, your scoops queued up, Sam, ready to go. All right. Well, anyways, uh, it's, uh, just in case, uh, I think it's been on the uh, on the internet a little bit, but uh, Toyota is really upping their performance game of uh, late, as you know. It's because uh, maybe there's all this Nissan Z, uh, you know, buzz, you know, everywhere, everywhere we've go, uh, gone for the last two, three months. So I think Toyota's like saying, hey, man, you know, don't forget about us. And, you know, it seems like, you know, the Supra's kind of taking a backseat to the Z. But, you know, with the Yaris GR, which unfortunately we don't get here, uh, Toyota is um, following that up with the, the Corolla Sports GR. And our Oninjo Takus tell us that this car is a go. Uh, as you guys all know by now, hopefully, that GR stands for Gazoo Racing or Gazoo Racing, which is uh, Toyota's high-performance brand of late. And the Corolla Sports GR will pack a huge bunch, very similar to the Yaris GR because it's coming with the Yaris GR's uh, turbocharged inline three. So you can expect that thing to deliver at least 300 horsepower. Um, blow up. Can we uh, expand this picture a little bit? Um, I can, but I'll just swap my way to go. Bear with me one moment. So small. Well, that's, I have to deal with what I've got. Sorry, I that might have been the only Sam Sam gave him a 150 by 150 uh, pixel. Yeah. These are these, these are hard I mean, to I don't want they, to name names, Tara, but it is they, very uh pixelated come, when we get up they, close. They come this, from the ninja otaku exactly. uh, folders. Exactly. There we go. There so, we go. So this uh this uh this of course uh the uh Corolla Sports GR uh will uh, get four-wheel drive, probably the all uh, same all-wheel drive system as the Yaris GR. And, uh, you know, the Yaris GR is pretty much a homologation model for the Toyota's, you know, WRC, World Rally Championship car. That, that might not ever exist, but yes. Yeah, that might never exist, but hopefully it will. Uh, but the Corolla Sports GR will play the role of the ultimate hot hatchback for the road. So not too much uh, race tie in there. It's, this thing is just for the road for you know, um, boy racers or hot foots everywhere. And you yes, mean like me. 
Go ahead. Oh, like, like you? A, yeah, for me. Yeah, this is yeah like, like you. And yeah, it's all wheel drive, so you have less chance of spinning. And then, um, yes, this is a hot hatchback. This is a hatchback. So I, 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 I yeah, I consider this a hatchback. So um, no rally inspired theme for this, uh, for the Corolla uh, Sports GR. So, you know, that, you know, with that said, I'm thinking there's a good chance this car will make it to the States. Um, but then, you know, we, we usually don't get a lot of the cool cars here. So, uh, and this is official yet. in the U.S.? This is official already? Uh, I don't in think Japan? So. In Japan? Uh, in Japan, yeah. Uh, well, our Ninja Otaku say it's, it's, it's a official. go. So, well, I, they say it's official. So, yeah, yeah. but uh, as you can see from the best cars uh, imagery, the body's going to be pretty bumped up with, you know, flare fenders, a low, mm -hmm. uh, wide stance. Uh, our Ninja Otaku say this car will make its debut in Japan uh, next summer, summer of 2022. Mm -hmm. And the reported price tag is $50,000. So I'm asking you guys, so what do you think? You think Subaru should be worried? Is this treading on WRX STI territory here? Um, even though, you know, the WRX treading... STI is a, you know, is, is rally inspired, but this one, you know, even though Toyota is not really giving it the rally, you know, inspired. But doesn't thing, it overlap with the Yaris territory though? It's it's a it's a little bigger, right? It's a little bigger. Yeah, it's a little so, bigger, but yeah. it's four wheel drive. Oh my god, yeah, it's, it's almost a Yaris in another body, you know. To yeah, the GR, yeah. So, but this one's going to be more. I I think it's going to be a little more readily available, you know, mm. uh, more production. But that's what we're hearing from our otaku's. I mean, if Thoughts. this thing comes out, it's uh, it's I think it's going to be a pretty strong statement from Toyota. Right. And, I mean, yeah. And Taro, really think about it. If the Yaris GR, uh, Yaris GR is not available here or Europe, right? I mean, they're making it available. But I don't know if it's available in Europe or not, but it's not coming here for sure. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this could be an international, more international model, you know, something for the North American market, which will be cool. Uh, Sam, yeah. So if the Yaris is in the, uh, in Europe, you can get it in the UK. Okay. So, okay. So UK always gets a lot of the cars that, you know, other people uh, get from Japan. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. in Australia, New Zealand, and it's right. in Europe. Right. Um, yeah, the the right hand drive. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So it makes it easy, but I think that I mean I'm still not sure if this one will come across the pond or across the uh, ocean. I will say to get to make it over here. I have a feeling it might not if it does get yeah. confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not. I don't. I also don't think that it'd be fifty thousand dollars if it came out. I think it'd be cheaper. I think in, that, in Japan uh, they're they're uh, you know uh, they're uh, forecasting the equivalents. Of yeah, no, $50,000, not $50,000. Yeah, but no, I could certainly see at that price point and being more expensive, obviously, in Europe and Australia. But I think if it came here, I think obviously it's competing against the like of, say, the Type R Civic is where it's really ballpark figure is going to be going for. So I think it has to be coming in at a lower price point than that. Okay, so you don't think the WRS XCI, because you know, Super and Toyota are so, so, uh, um, connected you know you know they i don't think they'd be trying to outdo each other so well i think so that the wrx one was the last wx like really exactly. last updated of any sorts exactly. i mean i don't right. think it's competing at all in these two i think based on what i've seen of all the footage of the yaris is incredible um and i just right. i think that this would be leaps and shoulders above the w, uh, wrx Mm, okay. even with the switch the 2.5 liter engine kind of thing or whatever oh i'm sorry that's chip. right yeah it is yeah yeah with the wrx world yeah yeah so i mean this would be smaller this would be lighter i mean the engine's half less like half the size 
Just, just as, also just as much horsepower. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this looks great. Obviously, it sort of fits in with like the without the wide body kit in the front uh, bonnet. It looks kind of like the nightshade model they sell here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be really transferable. I don't see it being. It's a different chassis. I think when the two between the Corolla and the Yaris, it's right. a step up in the architecture. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm sh- I could quite easily see them do it kind of thing. Yeah. So cool. So that's Love that's it. the news from uh, from uh, across the other pond, uh, the Pacific Ocean from uh, Japan. So uh, yeah, uh, I think you know Toyota's Toyota's kind of getting serious about that with their Gazoo racing, and I think that's all because of uh, Akio Toyota, who's you know who's the uh, who's the kind of architect of all this, and, uh, and that's where you know the Gazoo name comes from. You know when he started his website. Uh, for the company and you know he, he's kept it's it's a little uh, sentimental thing that he's kept and it's become Gazoo Racing so very interesting so cool um, uh, for next do we want to go uh, hit the next five of my of my top 50 let's talk about what are you talk about the Olympics Sam because I've got that queued up for us oh yeah I forgot all about that sorry oh yeah <laughs> see that's that's a lot that's new news as well yeah that's, uh, oh geez, Carl geez yeah nice for you just kick back and just let us do all the work so anyways uh the international producer <laughs> the IOC has announced which is really kind of cool a new series of virtual sporting events dude it's virtual this so, is huge, even, though. Yeah, the, even huge. the Olympics is going virtual. Yeah. And, uh, dude, what that, uh, you know, it's IOC is partnering five international sports federations to host, host, sorry, virtual competitions and games with, uh, featuring their sports, right? And, mm-hmm. yes, one of them, the FIA will host a Gran Turismo competition in the Olympics. So this marks guys the first time Dude, any so racing huge. or motor event is is in the olympics okay yes it's virtual but it's very cool you know and it's um huge uh, i think it's pretty i think it's pretty huge i think it's pretty uh, groundbreaking i just i, I did uh, mention five um uh uh, uh sporting Oops. events and the other ones uh, the other ones are um cycling okay uh so it's gonna. I think they, it's called Zwift, is what their virtual cy- uh, cycling thing is. The other is baseball, okay, uh, and it's gonna use Konami's e baseball, powerful pro baseball um, game. Uh, the other one's sailing, uh, and the other one is rowing. So, so those five sports: motorsports, uh, racing, car racing, bicycle racing, um, soft uh, baseball, softball. Uh, sailing and rowing. Those are the virtual events that's going to um, happen in the Olympic virtual series. So we still don't know who's going to be competing and, you know, how, you know, which, which events will happen when, but um, stay tuned for more details, they say. So. Well, it's supposed to happen before the summer Olympics are scheduled to take place in late. Uh, oh, is that what they July. said? I, I yeah, didn't yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's what I read in the article. It's supposed to happen mm-hmm. yeah. like, you know, until, so it, should be announced. Oh yeah, no, you're right. It's gonna, it's, it's, it's happening next month. So May 13th through June, June 23rd. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. yeah. It's open, ha- happening in that like three weeks period, but we don't know which which events are going to happen in you know. Oh in, yeah, yeah. Between Within, those periods, yeah. Right. So right. yeah, it, it starts on May 13th. So we're talking you know in a couple of weeks. So that's going to be yeah, really yeah. really cool. So we will we'll, we will report on what's going on with the uh, the Gran Turismo 
end of things. So, so does um, do the players? Uh, obviously, they're going to be uh, competing virtually, so from yeah. the comfort of their own living room or whatever. Yeah, probably, um, you know, you probably, yeah, probably yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, the whole probably. Idea, I think. Yeah, but um, I don't know. You know, you we don't really know yet. You know, but probably. Do, I wonder if their medals are going to be the same as the ones that they're going to uh, be handing out in the actual Olympics. In Tokyo, Tokyo Olympics? I, yeah, I, we don't know that either. I yeah, mean, this is just a little, you know, uh, photo kind of thing that, that was mm -hmm. made for this this story. But yeah. We, yeah. We, we, I mean, we, it's got to be a worldwide thing, right? Because Gran Turismo has done it before with uh, all of their, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. all of their FIAGP championships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be like a, a concentrated version of that that's going to take place uh, during the that limited time that that they have. But uh, this is huge. This is really who would really have known huge. if you would have just if I would have just kept game you know playing games instead of <laughs> reading books and studying, I could have been an Olympic athlete. Damn it! And Sam, will this be the which Gran Turismo version will they be using for the competition? Well, it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be seven. It, I, I I don't know to tell you the truth. I'm guessing it's going to be Gran Turismo Sport, but I, I don't know. Just because it's been tried and tested, and you know, um, uh, you know, done for the last few years, I think it would be risky for them to, you know, I just it, even to know if, if it's ready, if GT7 is ready or not, we don't know. So I just yeah. didn't know if they were going to throw it in the last minute, like in that acclaimed motion picture with Fred Savage, the Wizard, where they drop Super Mario Three, for example, and throw out a quick level of or a racetrack for. Gran Turismo 7, you know, I mean, that might happen. There's always that possibility. I, I, anything is possible, James. I mean, I know you're a big Fred Savage fan, Sam, so I just wanted to. Uh, uh, is that the sure. Wonder Years guy? Is that Fred Savage? Uh, the one and only. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Sam Matani. Thank you. <laughs> so, so, anyways, yeah, so that's that's the deal. So, you guys uh, be on the lookout for more news. May 13th or 14th, was it? That um, they're going to uh, they're gonna begin. So should we count uh, down Matani, to your Sam Matani will be covering this event. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll cover it on. Uh, so they I'll, haven't, they haven't uh, contacted you about uh, any this this stuff yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Really? It just kind of broke. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think everyone's kind of, you know, waiting, um, waiting getting everything ready. Yeah. I think they're really busy getting things ready. So we, we have to contact our otaku ninjas in within uh, Sony to see if we can get some information on these, on this event. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I'm in touch with them all the time. So maybe, maybe <laughs> there could be those same Utaku ninjas that can help me get that PS5, Taro. And Sam, those ones as well. I, I don't even know what you're talking about, PS5. So, anyways. Okay. So, what, what next? Top 50, Sam. Shall I go call through the list again? Is that what you'd like me to do? Uh, would you yeah. like to go through the list? Yeah, that of would be course. great. Dave, have you real quick. Have your have your wonderful British accent go through this from, list? Uh, where, where are we uh, from? Fifty to yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's go down. Forty. To we've done right. Uh, no, forty-five is where we're going to start today. No, no, no. Thirty-five is where we're. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yes. Thirty-five is where we got yeah, to so last. We're, so we're thirty-six is where we start finished off. So thirty-five is we're going to start again. So number fifty. Right. Go go through number fifty and all that real quick. Oh, I'm just going to get pull it all up. Share the screen again, Sam. So we're good to go. Okay. So. At number 50, we have the Toyota Celica Coupe A20, A30, not a hatchback. <laughs> At 49, we have the Honda CRZ. CRZ. Yeah. And or maybe CRZ 
We are American friends. That's right. 48, the Suzuki Swift Sport. Find your car. 47, the Lexus RCF, which you'll hear more of later today. Oh, wonderful. The Mitsubishi FTO comes in at number 46. At 45, it's the Honda Beat. 44, the Honda Bracket Acura Integra. Thank you for the bracket. <laughs> 43 is the Toyota Supra, better known as the A70. A70 version, yeah. 42 is the Subaru SVX. Subaru here in the US. Mm -hmm. At 41, we have the Honda Civic Type R FD2. 40 is the Infiniti G Coupe or Q60. 39 is the Mazda RX-8. 38 is the Toyota GR Yaris. 37, the FC Mazda RX-7. And where we finished last time was 36 with Z. Nissan 350, 370, soon to be, whatever it is. <laughs> Z prototype. Taro, yeah, Taro, you were a little surprised that this came in at this low, right? This I was. I yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you there are a lot other people put it up somewhere, but okay. This is, so this is Sam's on. list though. This uh, is we list. had we and, had and, absolutely and guys, no input. Yeah, exactly. On creating this list. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There should be a little you guys should put a little uh, a message. Disclaimer. There, yeah. yeah, disclaimer saying, you know, any questions only. Any right. questions about who doesn't like this list, please direct them to Sam Matani. Exactly. Any questions about what is and what is a hatchback, please but, direct them to Sam Matani because he is wrong about no, what a hatchback no, 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 is. This oh, list no, does no, not no. represent uh, pod speed's what? view. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> no, we are pod speed. Come on. No, it uh, represents. You gotta Sam remember, you gotta Matani. remember, you gotta remember, I, I do consider as one of my uh, 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 categories that where I'm where I uh, pick these is historical significance, right? So where are they historically, you know, significant in? Well, that's kind of why I think the, the 36 Nissan 350 and 370Z was a little low. Okay, no, that's all right. That's totally fair. I mean, my I, I could totally understand what you're saying too. So, but I had to rank them somehow. So, so and anyway, he just right. takes your ideas, Taro, and discards them to the side is what Sam is saying. Well, no, no. He, he doesn't listen to me at all anyway. So what's oh, my, what are you my talking? Saying? I listen to you a lot. Okay, so all right, anyways, 35. number 35 is the Toyota MR2, the W10, the first generation one, the yes, one that people say looks like a transformer car. And the reason I really like this car when it came out is this was really a, you know, a car that really felt, and I actually drove it, you know, when I was at Road and Track, it came out right, right, uh, it came out, oh no, it ended right before I joined Road and Track, but I was able to drive it and it was really just a hoot to drive, not very powerful. Only had like 112, 100, you know, 112 horsepower. I think other um, countries had 130 horsepower. It wasn't turbocharged, but, and what it do? Like zero to 60 in like, what, eight seconds? You know, not almost nine seconds, but it was really fun to drive. And yeah, the looks, I wasn't, you know, it looked like back then it was, you know, the Transformers. Looked like it was gonna, like one of the Transformer cars, you know, something that comes out in the Japanese anime or something, but Mm -hmm. um this thing was uh really cool in 1988 for the u.s market there was a supercharged engine uh for this car so uh and that you know brought horsepower up to 145 horsepower and that's the car i would you know 
put here in this uh, in this um, category. So number 35 is the Toma Air R2. And you guys are probably a little too young to remember this car, correct? Oh, I remember this car. Do you? I remember this car. Oh, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Okay. Um, uh, uh, did you guys, what did you like guys, okay, what did you guys think when you guys, I mean, did it even, did it cross your radar or? Oh, it totally did. I, I loved the look of this car. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. It was a little, little compact. So I never thought about like actually like owning one. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it, no, I totally remember this car and, and there were a lot of them uh, driving around Tokyo. I remember at the, at the time. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. Japan, yeah. I saw, popular, I huh? saw a lot of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. saw so a lot of them. Windows. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So this car is very popular with Nigel McKeon. He's a big fan of this vehicle. Um, <laughs> I, I like, it. there's two main things that I like about this. I really, really enjoy the name of this vehicle. It's the mid-engine recreational two-seater. That's and right. I decided to, to shorten it. I don't understand why. I thought that would have been a great car name to go with. Toyota mid-engine mm -hmm. two-seater recreational. Um, <laughs> would have just rolls off the tongue at any dealership. Um, I also <laughs> like the fact that this on the aftermarket side came with a twin charger. So it was supercharged and turbocharged on the aftermarket, which I thought was great. That's true. That's true. You remember it well. I'm impressed. And um, one of my dear, dear friends who, uh, who's passed away a few years ago, uh, who's to me, Mr. Lotus, uh, you know, uh, um, after, of course, Colin Chapman and all that is uh, Mr. Roger Becker, who was a uh, uh, one of the engineers there, and he was a, a dear, dear friend of mine. He went well while he was with Lotus. Lotus helped with the uh, suspension tuning of this car. So mm. um, that's that that that's another reason why it it handled so well. And yes, it was uh, uh, rear wheel drive. So yeah. yeah. Did you get to drive this car on the track or just around the? No, just yeah. The... I didn't get to drive this one on the track. So mm. yeah, I was still yeah. So but. Um, with that uh, 145 horsepower engine, it you know it's zero to 60 went from like what was it like almost nine seconds to six and a half. So mm -hmm. uh, it became kind of a, a zippy rocket, and you know yeah. it sets the stage for the second generation MR2, which I really like too. So um, so this is the W10. That's this is the one that started all. And I think it was really cool of Toyota to kind of take the risk to make a two seat quick little lightweight compact sports car like this it is yeah. it's a two-seater and uh that's why it is at number 35 yeah this is the golden age of japanese sports cars though you start know, to get, yeah exactly yeah, you it know really they had a, yeah. japanese economy was booming and there right. was the the big bubble and the companies just had a bunch of a lot of money to do the things that they wanted to do and let let their designers have fun and right. uh, Come come out with like interesting, really interesting concepts. Yeah, the Hachiroku, the first Hachiroku was kind of like that too. It wasn't like a perfect car, but dude, you know, rear wheel yeah. drive, you know, the way it, the way it drove, and you know, yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, that's just, yeah, and I ho hopefully Toyota coming back to that, you know, especially with the CRS GR, mm -hmm. yep, and the um, uh, Corolla GR that we're talking about. So, okay, so now going to number thirty four. We have a classic, and I hope you guys don't remember this car because uh, it is way before our time. Even I was going to say, isn't this around your time, Sam? No, it's before my time. So, anyways, this is the six, uh, the Honda. You're already S born though. Uh, let's see, six, 1966. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but um, <laughs> so with the Honda S six hundred, 
uh, and you know, there was the S800 too, I just kind of clumped it together. And there really is this Honda S500 also, mm -hmm. which was uh, introduced uh, uh, a year before. But um, I, 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 I put in the S600 because it was the one I've seen. Uh, and I actually drove this a long time ago, I think at Motegi, so, um, which was really cool. Uh, it when you say you drove it a long time ago, a long, uh, long time ago, is that when it was released, Sam? Is that no, what you no, mean by no. a long time ago? 1972? Nope, yeah. Nope, 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 nope. Well, 71, <laughs> is that what you say? It was a classic vintage car. Nope. So anyways, anyways, anyways. So this car, uh, it, it's kind of... Uh, I would say, hey, Tara, wouldn't you say this would be, and James, wouldn't you guys say this would be the kind of the predecessor to the uh, S2000? Of course. Of yeah. course. So, of course. Is this, the S600, is this the one that has the, like, motorcycle setup of sorts? What do you mean? It's kind of based on with the engine layout kind of thing where it's sort of driven that way? Or am I getting it mixed up with another Honda? It could be the S500, you're talking about, but. The, what what makes what why I uh, chose the S six hundred instead of the S five hundred was the S six hundred was uh, was uh, the first mass marketed Honda car uh, ever and it was the first offered only in right hand drive so okay yeah yep. and then it became available in left hand drive uh, afterwards right so that's why to me I you know it's historically significant but uh, it's only historically significant to put it up at thirty four right Sam it's not more historically significant to go higher. <laughs> Well, there's a, so many cars in this, but Honda built uh, 3,900 of these cars in 64 and built 7,200 later. So, I mean, it, in 65. So it was, it, the S600 became a really popular, popular car. And if you ask me, this is the car, and I, and I do agree with you, James. I don't know if it's officially it, but really kind of took the motorcycle, you know, um, um, sporty motorcycle knowledge into cars and uh, really set the stage for Honda sports cars to come. So, uh, uh, and then in 1966, I think they uh, they they brought out the uh, S800, which is the car you see in this photo, and that that production continued all the way to 1970. So, so it's very 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 historically significant car, very cool car. Um, Tara, did you or James too? Have you guys been to Motegi uh, and seen this car, in, or have you guys seen this car in the flesh? Yeah. I've seen one in the flesh, but I haven't been seen. I haven't had the chance to drive it at Motegi, Sam. Like you, oh, okay. you're showing off no. just again, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. rubbing it in. Yeah, I've never driven one, but I've I've seen several of them. Mm -hmm. um, interesting story. There, we went to, um, you know, the little island off of uh, um, Vancouver, um, uh, Victoria Island, or something like that in, in Canada. Oh, I don't know what what, what yes. on earth were you doing there. Well, there's there's a uh, a Mercedes uh, um, SL um, um, restorer guy up there that we went uh, to cover for a Japanese magazine a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and he had he had a nice collection of cars and he had a beautiful uh, uh, like three of these things like S800s mm -hmm. in his in his garage, and I remember seeing it and it was like in mint condition and it, it was the best looking you know, S800 I've, I've ever seen. I've seen a couple like in Japan at like tracks and stuff like that, but this was like uh, in like perfect, perfect condition. Mm. And it was beautiful. Wow. It was random, random finding. And I was like, man, I wish I could just, you know, take it home with me, but you know, couldn't, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, you, right. you find these things, uh, you know, sometimes and, and uh, I, they're, they're, they're great little cars. I, I love yeah. them. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, the next car is an odd car, but if you ask me, it's pretty historically significant. At number 33, we have the Toyota Sports 800, which I think is a really odd, it's an odd looking car. Mm-hmm. And it's an odd car in general to me, but it is a sports car. And I, I, I kind of dig it because it is kind of, it is odd, you know, and it is revolutionary in a few respects. Um, it is front wheel drive, uh, front, front engine and rear, rear wheel drive. And as you can see, this car, I think it, pre- it, it, pre- it came out before the Porsche 911 target top. I think this was the very first target top car ever. I'm not sure, but I think it is. So really, uh, and didn't, and the uh, first, didn't, didn't yes. we see one of these at the Peterson when we, think, when they had I the Japanese car? There. Yes, I think right? so. Yeah. And the sports 800, uh, in, you know, uh, among us, among us car nerds and stuff, we call it the Yota Hachi. Mm-hmm. And the reason is Toyota's Yota, right. And then the 800 is Hachi is eight. So the Yota Hachi, uh, and what powered this car was, Another really, really uh, oddball engine. It was a 790cc uh, boxer engine. So it's a flat engine, two-cylinder, and uh, very small. And it uh, produced maybe about 50 horsepower, 45, 50 horsepower, something like that. So uh, not very powerful, but it really, really, it was very, very light. It's, it, it's like 1,200 pounds. So it was very light. So... Uh, and as you can see, it came out in 1965, so it's a very, very uh, old car. And if you ask me again, this car may have kind of set the stage, even looks-wise, with the um, uh, 2000 GT, right? The Toyota 2000 GT, which came out a few years later, I think. And uh, it, it it has the uh, kind of the same, you know, headlight placement and all that. Of course, the 2000 GT is much bigger, much um, um, more solid of a car, but... Uh, the Yota 800, I think, is one of those cars. That's going to be uh, historically remembered. Comments? I know these cars are a little too old for you guys. Well, Tara's on mute, so we can't hear what Tara is saying. But uh, oh, I think, yeah, we, Tara, we what do, are you muting for? Well, we did. We did. I was just like looking for the video that we oh. shot at the oh, Peterson. Okay. But we did. We did find this car and we did shoot this car. At, well, oh, we did? Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, you saw it in the flesh. What did you think? Um, I it's mean, you're right. It, it is an odd looking car. <laughs> it, it is do you guys, an odd looking do you car. Like, do you guys like how it looks? Uh, or do you yeah, think? yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, once you, uh, once you get down to this, uh, like in the, in the 60s, I mean, it, it can look pretty odd, but, you know, the oddness is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I can see, you know, the, 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 the Targa could have been, this Targa could have been the first one. I don't know. I, yeah, know. I, think, I think it might have been. Yeah, I don't know if the car's so small. I don't know if you could uh, stow the Targa in a trunk or anything. You might yeah. have to leave it. <laughs> but, if anyone knows, but, uh, leave leave comments, yeah. please. Yeah, so, and uh, what about you, James? I mean, I think this takes. I don't think it's that odd. I think it takes a lot of the styling cues from maybe another Toyota sports car that's probably a bit more famous, um, but makes it to sort of make it more of a mass market appeal where they're able to take the some aspects of that to bring it down mm. so maybe one that james bond drove yeah i said inspiration to this yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i think that that sort of takes some of those styling cues and sort of reimagines it a little bit and then takes some examples especially where let's be honest where they're probably taken from 
small English sports car styling. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And that's where you see the front of it kind of sort of bring it in like it's a little happy face there. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's cool. predecessor to the 86? Well, I would say the MR2, you know? I mean, hmm. it's the MR2s for the 1960s, you know, to me, the Yotahachi. But uh, it's always been one of my, you know, quirky oddballs, you know, favorite kind of cars. So that's why it has made it made the list at thirty. And, and Taro, he likes this one much more than the Honda. That's why it's thirty three and not thirty four. <laughs> oh, yeah. do you mean the S? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean the I Honda. Yeah, yeah, guys, these are these are so hard to rank. But look, Sam, you ranked so them, though. That's yeah. all you. Should we go to thirty <laughs> two? Right. Number thirty two. Number thirty two. Yes, we are bringing it up to the modern ages now. Oh, number no. 32. The I don't know why this car is ranked so high. Oh, man. Wow. It's a little hate <laughs> shade coming from Taro. I just, I just really like that old Sam's spoken about this as terrible things, and now it's coming at 32. What are you talking about? Well, whenever we've talked about this I, car, you always give it thumbs down. I'm the only one I that know, gives it thumbs that, up. Dude, but but it, it's, it's a pure sports car. You know, it's it's hybrid. It's, you know, it's pretty revolutionary. Um, yes, I don't like it as much as the original, but, you know, I mean, it deserves to be on this list. I mean, it's, come on, man, we got like a 600 horsepower, you know, all wheel drive sports car, you know, I, I, you got to give it some credit here, you know, so that's why it's here at number 32. It, you know, when you think about a 600 horsepower sports car, you would think it'd be much higher in the list of Japanese sports cars but I, I i i put it here i mean come on man three liter twin turbocharged v6 engine and um uh you know an electric powertrain you know uh so uh, this the revolutionary sh all-wheel drive you know drivetrain so uh nine speed dual clutch transmission so come on man Give it, give it, come on, man. Give it some love. Taro, James, this is, this is what I tell you every time, Sam. And you're like, no, I don't like it. No, well, yeah, not, not, I, don't like the no I don't like it. That much. Okay, That's all right, James, you go first. What, no, what? I, I, I like this car. Obviously, I think it's what we are, what everyone asks for. Everyone says, I'd like Honda to make a fast sports car like the NSX they make when everyone's like, oh, I don't like it. It's not as good as the old one. But I'm like, <laughs> What do you want? It's 600 horsepower. It looks like an exotic car. It goes really fast. Exactly. It's exactly. what it, it's all-wheel drive handling. Well, what do you want? Oh, uh, that should have been better. But you wanted it. They've delivered it, and now you complain your pants. I like well, it. Oh, it's, it's on if the it's, list. If it's, it's good enough, list. if it's good enough for Iron Man, it's good enough for the people. That's true. Iron Man did drive it. Uh, Taro, Taro, Taro actually gave it some shade. He didn't even. He he can't believe this thing is in front of the Z. I don't think Tara uh, can believe it's on the list. To be honest, what are, exactly. what are we what are we talking about now? What car are we talking about? Oh, come on, Taro. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, I don't think I so. I mean, number thirty-two. Yeah, number thirty-two. Yeah, okay. That's 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 a good good place for this car to be. Wow, I don't know if that's good or bad. What's oh my god? Uh, uh, but you're I'm not a big not, fan of this car. No, I'm just not a fan of this car. Oh, what he's basically saying, uh, Sam, is that he doesn't want me to be give a review of this car because he's saying things to Acura that Acura is not going to want to give me this car to I take mean, out for drive when I love it so much. Well, I mean, it's um, as a you know, actually, I don't hate the design too much of this car, though. Um, the, the uh, looks, what, what don't you like about it? it's just well you called it a pure sports car i just don't think it's a pure sports car 
Well, I mean, it depends on what your definition of a pure sports car is. It's a sports car. So, yeah, I mean, I mean it is, I guess. I mean, I guess. It's a hybrid, a... so that, that, that's really not pure. It's hybrid. I mean, you know. Is this a hatchback, Sam, or is this not a hatchback? Oh, God, no, it's not a hatchback. My God. My God. Okay, next. Okay, yeah, moving on, moving on. Uh, number 31 is what we would call the predecessor to the um three the the z car which is, is what the, they call the dotson roadster yeah dotson roadster they right. call it there was a roadster they made it in a coupe form too to, mm -hmm. to let you know but you know there was also you know the before this there was a uh sports 1000 right as like the predecessor and the uh sports 1200 1200 sport was the first one to uh get the fair lady name but you know it really wasn't uh, very um, impressive car to me. I mean, it's kind of lumpy and ugly, kind of. But this car was actually the first one that was kind of was stylish, um, and uh, it was kind of the first true Datsun sports car. Uh, and it was uh, known as the Datsun 1500 in the U.S. So it actually came here to the U.S. Um, 1.5 liter engine, so 77 horsepower. But that's you know kind of the you know, what was expected back in 1962, 63. Um, but uh, this car is, uh, with the fair lady name and everything, is what led to the uh, Z car. There was a 1600 also. There's, of course, the 1800 also, I think. And then uh, the 2000, uh, Sports 2000 was the last one in, in the, uh, the line. Did so, the U.S. get all of those versions? Uh, start, yeah, starting from 1500, the U.S. got got the Datsun cars, and then in 19, of course, in 19, you know, this was the 2000 came in 1970, and then of course in 1969, 1970 is when the Z car came out, and that would be the new Fair Lady. So, so this car really was the predecessor of uh, the, uh, the the modern day Z car. And does uh, does this uh, did this car also have the Fair Lady branding as well? Or yes, it, it was did. It, yeah, yeah. Yes, it did. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. It, this was the this car was the Fair Lady before you know the Z was the Fair Lady, and then okay. when the Z came out, the Z was called the Fair Lady. So it was the, it was the successor of this of this car. I see. Yeah, I've never seen um, any of these cars. I don't think oh, I've really? ever seen Actually, one. Actually, I've seen them driving around in the East. Yeah, there's Coast. loads of them here in Los Angeles. Yeah. I've yeah, never the, seen the, one in Jackson's. in the flesh in the in the U.S. I've really? Oh, you, yeah. you, you have, Tara. You would have just walked right past it. There's, really? I mean, there's lots and lots of these in Los Angeles driving really? around. I don't, I, don't yeah. think, I don't remember ever seeing any of these in, in the. In yeah, LA. if you go to like the Japanese classic car show, they're, they're there all. There's like got a whole row of them. And I'm sorry, there doesn't seem to be an 1800. I think there was a 1500. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe I've, maybe yeah. I've seen one at it's the, a, uh, at like, uh, Long Beach, you know, the classic yeah. car show or something the like that. The 1600s and the 2000s uh, are really popular here in LA. And yeah. what's what's notable about this car is even in the U.S., it made it made for a pretty good race car, you know. Uh, it, it says it won 10 uh, national SCCA championships, this car. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... It was oh, the yeah. BRE the BRE team drove these before they yeah. got the Zs. Yeah, before the Zs came out. John Motson, so, I think it was, yeah. that was driving so, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's it's a cool car. It's you know it's kind of like the Miata before the Miata, you know. Uh, and yeah, it production ended in 1970, so uh, it's been gone for a while. But the car lives on on this list as number 31. So 
And I think that's five right there, isn't it? That's correct, Sam. But it's I like to see that, that you're taking the, the Datsun Roadster over the Toyota and the Honda there. Three yeah. good examples there in that five. And you were like, this is the best. Thank you. Yeah, I think we had a good... I think we you bunched good... up. Yeah, I think you bunched up a lot of the the classic roadsters in this uh, in this. Yeah, a lot of two seaters, right? Because Toyota yeah. MR2 is a two seater. The Honda S800, the Roadster, uh, Acura NSX. Yeah, they're all two seaters. So we're finally getting very pure sports cars. But you know, as you guys can expect, uh, you know, expect that there are four doors and four seaters. Still, many to come uh, on this list. So. So there you go. Now we've done to 50, 50 to number 31. And starting from the next one, we go 30, 30, 30 and under. There we go. Nice. nice so my segment nice. is finished. So with that, then I better get onto my segment then before nice. you close me out and like rush me off with 30 seconds to go. No, no, that's not me. That's Tar. <laughs> so the car that I was in uh, last yeah. time was the RCF. Fuji Speedway Edition mm. uh, was the one that I had, which is basically oh. what I think might be. I have a feeling with the IS 500 coming out and taking over this engine that this will be the probably the last rendition of the RCF. I don't. Oh, really? I can't oh. see where the, I, I don't know where they're going to go with it afterwards. I mean, if you've got the IS 500 mm -hmm. and this, why, why would you keep it going? Kind of thing. I mean, it's yeah, the it's IS cool. 500 has the, the four doors, or this has the two, but. Why not just have, call it an IS 500 coupe and just have two doors instead and, and sort of retire? But um, so this is the based on the track edition, and then they went a little bit further with this, a little bit more extreme. As you could see, for example, with all the carbon fiber that's on place there, you've got a carbon fiber bonnet, uh, big spoiler, big aero front and back, the roof um, inside. It is uh, a very well set up car. It's a very aggressive car. I will say that when my picture comes through, hopefully when it works, um, there it goes. There it goes. Um, it's I was got uh, wondering if uh, I was starting to need glasses there. I know, I know. Carbon, <laughs> carbon fiber, big 16 inch, I think Brembo's up front, 14 inch Brembo's the back carbon fiber discs in there. Um, I mean, I really have to say, I can't think enough of this car. I really, really enjoyed it. Retails at $97,000. Oh, boy. So that's $30,000 more than the standard RCF, and you're only oh, dropping wow. 0.1 second to 60 miles an hour. But I don't really think that's where you're really seeing the benefit. You're seeing the benefit in all the workmanship that goes into this car. Mm. The carbon fiber on it was absolutely exquisite. Um, it really puts it up there against the likes of the BMW M4 and the Mercedes AMG C63. That's who it's going up against. Um, at this price point, it's significantly higher than those at base level. But as soon as you spec those cars out like this, they are get much, much more expensive very, very quickly. Mm. Um, so, I mean... This car was well built on the inside, well built on the outside. Uh, there was two things that I say that I was not particularly a fan of. This car still maintained the Lexus trackpad on the inside, mm -hmm. which wasn't ideal, obviously, as we've talked about in the yeah. past. It's not one yeah. of the big things that the RC, uh, that Lexus did well. Um, the gearbox, I also felt wasn't the best for going fast. Mm. Um, while you were going around town, 
the eight-speed automatic transmission was absolutely fantastic, was great. But if you were taking up in the canyons and going exactly to the speed limit, maybe two or three percent over the speed limit, the it could have done with maybe a DCT transmission would have been a little better for it. Even and, at like uh, like what was it, Sports Plus mode? Yeah. Yeah. It's it just for, I mean the gearing is designed for the Fuji circuit itself, so the Fuji circuit is a little different to the canyons here in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, Fuji circuit's fast. There's some yeah, there's some there's a good. So it just it, if you if you're messing with it and going down, sometimes it'd hold the gears a lot higher than you needed to be in, for example. So okay. it's just the way it was set up. So that's why I thought if it had the DCT, it just would give you that little bit more of a flexibility between the two. But actually being able to stop. I mean, first time ever having carbon fiber brakes. Those carbon discs are incredible. I mean, well, there's your, there's your, there's like at least ten thousand dollars. No, that, that's that's if you ten thousand. It was if you buy the carbon discs on the M4, it was nine thousand dollars. But then you needed to buy the upgraded wheel and tire combination package as well, which is another fifteen hundred. So that's mm. as you said, Sam, ten grand easily. Yeah. Um, but the, the carbon discs, man, if you want to stop. They stop you. Uh, the, <laughs> the balance and handling of this car, though, I mean, was exquisite. You just felt so comfortable. Um, it felt so at ease when you were going into the corners. It was perfect. Uh, if you didn't want to, like, have the back end go out, you can put a little bit of traction control on there so it keeps you all flat, keeps you pointed. It was great. Um, one thing that Grace really, really liked about this car was one of the buttons in the center console there. If, let's see if I can zoom in on it. See if it'll let me do it. One of the buttons there, mm -hmm. um, see that right here underneath the selector there for the Sport Plus, it says launch. So mm. you have launch mode on this car. Oh. So that is really um, great for Grace when she's at the traffic lights. She never likes to be second at the traffic lights. <laughs> she has an affinity for wanting to be first. So she really liked that because she could press that button and it was very easy to just manipulate what revs you, you launch at anywhere from in a two to three, 20, 2000 or 2800 on the rev range. Sweet spot I'd say was like 2200. You launched there. I mean, not, not much was catching it to be fair. Mm. I mean, it was a great setup. And another thing that I really, really liked about it, if we zoom in again and I'll bring it over here was the carbon fiber weaving on the inside. Mm. So this, this has a red tinge to it that runs cross weave to the carbon fiber weave, which was really classy. I really liked it. I thought it was a really good job of what they were doing. Um, so I even, obviously it comes in at $102,000 was the test vehicle, including delivery. Mm. There's only going to be 60 of these in the United States. Oh, that's it. Oh, really? Wow. Um, it came with a, a fancy watch as part of the deal. Um, I mean, I thought it was an exception. I thought it was a really, really good car. I was very, what, very what sad. Kind of, what kind of watch was this? Uh, I think it's like, uh, it's a small company based here in Los Angeles that deals with, they do like, um, they've done some work with like Star Wars and they've released them. I think it's M Meister, I think from the top of my head. It was the ones that do the watch. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and the so, exterior, um, like the body, what, what, what comes in carbon fiber? And so the front split is all carbon hood. fiber. Yep. The, hood. the hood is carbon fiber. The roof. The roof, roof as well. Okay. Yep. And then the rear, you get Spoiler, that wing. Yep. The rear diffuser here. Diffuser, right. Uh, it's got some winglets on the side and the front mm -hmm. here. It's carbon fiber. That are, it's all actually 
proper arrow where you've got true air, uh, you've got your coolers in here, and then behind, if you look back here, it's got the it's got the pressure things for the, to stop the air pressure behind the brakes mm -hmm. to sort of bring the pressure out and push the right, air through. Right. So it was all practical. Um, I mean, it is still a heavy car for a track car, for example. And of course, there's only going to be 60 of these. So mm -hmm. I don't know how much of them are going to see track wear. Hey, hey, James, 60 of these only in the US or 60 of these worldwide? It's only a US only car. So there's only oh, 60 of these. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, you could see why the RCF makes such a good GT3 car when you drive this. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That's what I felt most about it. And then that's it versus the regular one. So it mm -hmm. really does push it up a level in regards to sportiness and, and making it a fancier car. Um, and what, other, which colors does it come in? So it only comes in the two colors. This one here on the left here, the gray was the one that I had the chance to drive as my loner. Mm -hmm. And then the white yeah. was the other color, the two color options. The white one looks like the initial, like an uh, updated initial D drift bar. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's like a, a matte it color as well. Side, so. Mm. Yeah. so it, I mean, I really, really did enjoy it. Like I said, even if it comes in at the hundred and two thousand dollars, it was it was a good I like car. The silver one, yeah. This, God, this it almost great. sounds like you trade your Dodge Ram truck in or uh, Ram truck in for that thing. Um, I I did. I really liked it. I, the other thing that I really liked as well was um, on the winglets here. The F for the F Sport I thought was really cool how that was embossed in there. Oh, oh at the, on the on the side. On the winglets, yeah. So that mm -hmm, was yeah. in there. So, mm -hmm. so that was kind of cool because I've broken it now. But yeah. yeah so you can yeah. see it there. There's an F in there, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, I just thought all the carbon fiber work was ex was exquisite on. I thought the the wing was boy racer, but it wasn't obnoxious boy racer. Mm -hmm. So I was really into this car. Yeah, it does um, look classy. It looks it looks like a race machine, you know, just by mm -hmm. looking at the Yeah, I mean, I was like, this is the kind of one that I'd, I'd be happy driving around town. And Driving it around town, anything below like 2200 RPMs, super sedate. But as soon as you press the 2200 RPM, the loud pedal, it got it got raucous because it has that that obviously very familiar Lexus V8 mm -hmm. compared to say the European models that are all turbocharged now. Yep. So I thought it was if you wanted to go with the V8, this is the way to go. I mean, I really I was very very sad in handing the keys back to Hugo there at to drive <laughs> shop. Um, <laughs> Uh, to, to make it go away. It was very, very sad indeed. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, I, I just love how Toyota's continuing to create, you know, all these sports models from small ones to, you know, V8s. You know, yeah. they're the rumors of uh, Corolla that, you know, we just, GR that we talked about earlier. And then you have these Lexuses with, you know, V8s that are, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, and so for, the fun thing was, is as silly as it may sound, I was to, to, I drove this round on eco mode mm -hmm. while I was in town, and then when I went out for a proper drive in the the canyons, I went into sport plus mode to sort mm -hmm. of balance it out and to make it fair. Um, yeah. Well, that's what you're supposed to do, James. I know. I mean, some yeah. auto journalists just keep it on sport plus mode the whole time, Sam Matani, but uh, that's not me. <laughs> so in town, why, just, why like, would you even have an eco mode on this car? That's right. <laughs> Well, if you're just like driving to the neighborhood supermarket, you don't want to be like uh, obnoxious take, or then take your Mercedes or your Cadillac or something. <laughs> I mean, it, it drops the sound down, so I could certainly understand why. But I mean, you've got you know, uh, have this as your only car, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I was I was into this car a lot. I thought it was great. I'd be like, like, yeah, I take that one. Wow. 
I thought Ooh. the wheels looked nice compared to some of the other Lexus where they have like the shiny chrome ones, which I'm not really a fan of. So I thought the black BBS forged wheels were like really on point. Yeah, I love. So, yeah, I, I was I, all about yeah. it. Yeah, that that gray silver one looks really nice. Mm -hmm. All right, Darrell, let's keep it moving. What um, you got? Nothing. No, I, I got no I videos. Really nothing. No, no, I got nothing. I just. Um, oh man. Um, yeah. So on GT Channel, we <clears> have. Um, um, a couple of uh, reviews um, mm -hmm. that we've we've um, updated the site with. Um, we have Mr. James McKeon's um, reviews up now, which uh, everyone should go go check out. Well, and the oh, Lexus review will be up there this weekend. Very eloquently written reviews by James. Yes, yes, exactly. So. Um, yeah, so James is um, Atlas Crossport, which he liked. Uh, this one is <laughs> this one is uh, is live up on our site too. And then uh, I think we've um, we reviewed this uh, um, article from April twelfth uh, on the uh, the GR uh, the eighty six. Mm -hmm. We've we've shown that already. But you know we've got a, a bunch of other uh, articles up now. So everyone go check it out. Uh, James's Land Cruiser uh, review is no. also up now. Yeah, so the, obviously this weekend you'll have the um, Lexus going up there. And then I, would you like the tips on what the next cars that I'm going to be going up there, guys? Or would you like me to hold you in suspense for the next episodes? Well, give us a little teaser. So we're going to be having an all-wheel drive turbo Mazda that's going to be coming up shortly. That's just been arrived, apparently, as we've been talking today. And actually, while uh, Justin took the Toyota GR Super 3 liter, I'm going to be getting the two-liter Supra to give a try out to in a few weeks' oh, time. nice. Nice. So it'd be okay. nice to be able to compare and contrast between the two. Mm -hmm. And Taro, looks like uh, our uh, videos on uh, YouTube, our pot speed, on some of them are doing really well. Like the uh, R36 GTR is almost it. Oh, you mean yeah. your videos, Sam? Is that what you're oh, saying? Is that you just want to show off? The ninja, yeah, the ninja ones do really good on YouTube. Oh, and so you. we've been kind of lagging a little bit on, on the YouTube videos because it just takes so much time to uh mm. to chop them up so james has actually um volunteered to um james who james james mckeon the what? one and only he's, he he's gonna he doesn't know the, the vo word volunteer doesn't exist in his, <laughs> in his vocabulary he's gonna start clipping some uh what? some 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 videos and uh What's posting you, james it's the vaccine shot, man. It's, well, all, all I was going to do is just, just clip Sam Matani out of them. So it's just going to be myself and Taro is the way it's going to go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Edit you out. Fix and post. And, and, when, and, and when if Sam has to be involved, I'm just going to just do the AI that Taro's told me about to just put oh, Steven okay. Seagal oh. in there instead. Yeah, yeah. So it's oh. like. I mean, what are, you, are you in your bathrobe there, Sam, by the way? It looks like you're in your bathrobe. Hoodie. It's a Ray's hoodie. Yeah, it's my Ray's hoodie. If, only it'd be better if he had his orange sunglasses on. Yeah. Okay, but anyways, uh, I guess that's all from Taro. So thank yes, you for your it. contribution, little as it is. Hey, I got, I got Jared. <laughs> I know. Well, you're you're running this whole thing, so. But anyways, guys, uh, with a great show. Uh, uh, great to hear the voice of Formula Drift on this show. He uh, gave us a lot of rundown, a lot of stuff. And uh, James, who are uh, who are we expecting to hear from on the next or even the previous uh, No Breaking? Last week we had Gary Boulanger on, who was a writer for being for the Vintagent and Motorcyclist mm -hmm. uh, Cycle World. So he's been specializing in that, and he talks about his 
passion for bringing musicians and motorcyclists together. And this week we've got Trevor McClure, who is actually a wearer of many hats in the IMSA uh, team world because he works as a spotter, a strategist, um, does team management, and also sometimes becomes a chef for those teams out there. He's oh, also wow. <laughs> uh, had the chance to be victorious with teams in uh, Sebring and Daytona twice and has won several championships with the teams he's worked with over the years. So he talks about how he got into becoming that from his sort of career and where it's transitioned and what he does and, and what those roles do that some people don't even know about that they actually exist. Wow, cool. Well, so it'd be very speaking, of, uh, speaking of spotters, um, we had Roger Yasukawa. Who's not spotting show. anymore, but yeah. But well, he, well, he's not. He's yeah. almost managing, or he's being a mentor. Managing Al. Remember, he was saying he was out managing Alex, Alex Palou, Palou yeah. and he won. Uh, he won last the week, race. last weekend. It's first uh, weekend before. Race. Yeah, the, the yeah, weekend before. Not yeah, there's a race last. Yeah. Week, so yeah, uh, yeah, Colton yeah. Herta won uh, this past weekend, That's right. but the weekend before that, yeah. Alex won. Right. Yeah. His first Amazing. his first IndyCar race. To be fair, right. No, 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 no. No, it was first win. I think first win of the season. Of the season, he's won yeah. like four four uh, races, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but this month or next month, uh, Indy five hundred is coming up. So you know, it's it's yeah, May. So yeah, the big one's coming up already. So well, we will be there to report on it if something cool happens. So <laughs> right. So anyways, yep. uh, thank you again for hanging out with us. Uh, we will see you in another couple of weeks. Um, and, Jen Horsey uh, is next. She is an uh, oh, uh, automotive right. journalist. Uh, she uh, was announcer for GRC. She's also a uh, rally driver herself. She actually was a uh, co-driver this past weekend at the Olympus um, up at uh, Dirtfish uh, this past weekend as well. Um, and, so we'll we'll have her on the show. And uh, we've also got to talk to her about her baking, which she's exceptionally good at as well. <laughs> exactly. She's been baking a lot <laughs> uh, so during awesome. COVID. All so right. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks, man. So all right. take it easy. Thanks, guys. And pod speed to all of you. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.